0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heroes, Villains, and Redemption. My name is Jonathan Chan, and I am so glad that you can join us today. Today, we will be looking at another comic book character, and his name is Thor. Well, who is Thor? Thor is a Norse god of strength, thunder, war, and storms. The sun Of Odin. He was armed with a hammer called, okay, let me see if I could get this, Mjolnir, and wore an enchanted belt that doubled his strength. Thor was a defender of Asgard, the realm of the gods, and Midgard, the human realm, i.e., Earth, and is primarily associated with protecting the Earth and Asgard with feats of arms i.e., slaying giants. Now, before we continue on with Thor, customarily we show you a video clip. And here it is. Enjoy. (laughs) What what am I looking at? Oh, sometimes it takes a second. (sighs) welcome back now some of you may be familiar with thor's story arc in the comic books and some of you may be familiar with the more recent marvel slash disney movies such as the avengers thor and also the um, last two avenger movies which was infinity wars and endgame regardless of which story arc you're familiar with Thor's struggle was the same in both stories. His struggle was to prove himself and to everyone else that he was worthy to hold the hammer called the Mjolnir. Mjolnir had an inscription written on it, and it goes like this: Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, or she, shall possess the power of dot 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 Thor. For Thor, his whole life was a struggle on becoming worthy to hold the hammer. However, the problem with his struggle is that he doesn't know how the Mjolnir defines worthiness. Thor, throughout his whole story arc, did not know. There are times when he's able to hold the hammer, and the Mjolnir seems to do what Thor wants it to do, And other times, the Mjolnir decides to sit back and not even let Thor lift the hammer. In the video clip I showed you, Thor was very surprised to see that Captain America was able to nudge it and almost lift it. In fact, spoiler alert, he did in in the uh, endgame. Thor was very surprised because what makes it then of worthiness, Thor wondered. How does this hammer define worthiness? What are the measurables? In the movies, when Thor's Asgard was destroyed by Ragnarok, uh, courtesy of his evil sister, Hela, Thor still had some sense of worth because he was able to save the people Asgard from destruction. However, that didn't last long. Recall that Thor's duty was to protect Asgard by slaying evil giants who threatened Asgard and of course Midrealm which is Midgard which is Earth. Unfortunately for some of you who may have seen Infinity War, Thor met his match in the name of Thanos and Thor was defeated along with half of the population of Asgard under Thanos. Hence Thor throughout the rest of the time wondered whether he was still worthy to be called Asgard's and humanity's protector. Is he still worthy? Is what that hammer's definition of worthiness, was it to protect the people in both Asgard and Earth, now that he failed, is he still worthy? Because if it was that definition, if Mjolnir's if definition is to protect Asgard and protect humanity, he failed miserably. So the question of worthiness loomed over his head. And still, even at the end of Endgame, Thor still had the struggle of knowing his worthiness. Is his worthiness still there, or is he unworthy to hold the hammer Mjolnir? Maybe uh, the upcoming uh, new Thor movie will explain a little bit more. Maybe it'll answer our questions. But today, let's take a look at and how the gospel redeems Thor. See, worthiness is an interesting word. It's like, I'll give you an example of today's scenarios. It's like your boss. If you're asking your boss for a pay raise, you believe that you are worthy of the pay raise. Why? Because you exceeded what was expected of you. Your boss determined what was worthy for a pay raise, and you agreed to to it when you sign on the dollar line to be her employee. And now, because you believe you exceeded those expectations, you see yourself as worthy for a pay raise. Yes folks, when you exceed expectations, you are worthy of a pay raise, not just to look pretty and not do anything. How does Thor know that he is worthy of holding the millionaire? Because the Mjolnir is more than just a mystical powerful weapon. It's a symbol that affirms Thor's existence as the guardian and protector of Asgard and humanity. Actually, if you look at Thor's whole story arc, the Mjolnir affirms Thor's existence and purpose. So yes, Thor's struggle to know his worth is quite important. More important than just a salary pay raise. How about us today? I'm sure some of us today are wondering about our worth as well. Because if we didn't get a pay raise and we thought we deserve it, so there are times, like in those situations we sometimes feel that we're worthless. How do you determine your worth, whether it be at work, at home, in front of your spouse, your kids, or your parents, in front of your friends, and your colleagues? How about your worth before God? Are you living up to His expectations? Better question is, probably, what are His expectations? How do we become worthy in God's presence? Because we believe, well, Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're a listener and you're a Christian, we all believe, as Christians, that regardless of how the world measures our worthiness, in whatever context, whether it be work, home, school, friendships, etc., The most important thing for us is to know that we are worthy in God's sight so that we can be in his presence in the new kingdom. That's important for us, for that's our identity. So how would the gospel then redeem Thor from his struggles of finding worth? And how does the gospel redeem us from the struggle of finding worth, especially during times when we feel worthless, and especially when it's so important for us to be worthy in God's sight? How do we know if we are worthy in God's sight? Well, let's look into scripture and define the word worthy. The ancient Greek words used in scripture for worthy are two words. Uh, one of them is called hikanos, and the other is called hatios. Right at the bottom of the screen here, the fourth point. Hikanos and hatios. Hikanos is defined as sufficient, enough, and the ability to meet or fit for something. In other words, worthiness is by Hikano's terms quantifiable. A notable passage that this word was used is the story of the faithful centurion who requested Jesus to heal his servant in both Matthew and Luke. Let's go there. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 8 But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Worthy, measured and defined by the centurion in this story, was about authority in quantifiable terms. The centurion saw Jesus having greater authority than he did. For the centurion's worth was measured by how many people obeyed him and followed his orders. If you know the story, he would said that. For him, Jesus had greater authority, authority that commanded not just people, but the whole entire world order of nature, such as the seas, life, and death. Hence, the centurion did not see himself worthy to be in Jesus' presence. Yet, as some of us know, Jesus commended the centurion for his faith in believing that Jesus had this authority. And because of the centurion's faith, his servant was healed. So he worthy, is defined as meeting a quantifiable expectation such as authority. But that still does not answer our question, does it? Is it authority that makes one worthy? Is by the number of people under us reporting to us make us worthy? Because that's defined by the centurion. Is this the right worthy we are looking for? Let's look at another passage that Hikonos was used. And this was used by Paul. And this is from Paul. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9-10 to Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Now, just to provide some context in this passage, for those of you who may not be familiar with 1 Corinthians, the Corinthians accused Paul of not being worthy to be an apostle based on their quantifiable measurements, Hikanos. Some of these measurements were, well, how many tongues can you speak, Paul? I can speak a thousand. Can you? How convincing are your arguments, Paul? Because we have a lot of Greek philosophers that are a lot more convincing than you. Or how convincing is your preaching, Paul? How charismatic and strong are you? Because Apollo seems to be a lot stronger as preacher and speaker than you are. In other words, the Corinthians had quantifiable measurements to define whether a person is worthy to be an apostle or not. Hence, Paul's response was, ironically, I am the least. In other words, based on your quantifiable measures of worthiness, Corinthians, I fail completely in your eyes. Just like the centurion who defined Jesus's worthiness on quantifiable measures of authority, so did the Corinthians define Paul's worthiness be an apostle Paul refutes this idea of worthiness as we read in verse 10 his worthiness as an apostle has nothing to do with how the Corinthians measured it nor is achieved by how hard he worked notice he said my worth is defined by making sure that the grace that was shown to me was not in vain therefore his worth is defined by how he responds to the grace that God has shown him Worth has something to do with responding to the grace of God that has been shown to us. And that's where we go into the next worthy word, Greek word, my apologies. And that word is Hatsios, Hatsios. Hatsios is defined as befitting or congruous to the occasion, which is exactly what Paul was getting at when he told the Corinthians that they needed to redefine what worthiness to be an apostle really means. It's to respond in a befitting and congruous way towards the grace that God has shown on them, on Paul, and on us. Here are some verses that illustrate this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, Bear fruit worthy of repentance. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 8, similar theme bear fruit worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. These words were from John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was preaching about repentance, he told the Jews that God is coming and now is the time for you to have a second chance, a second opportunity of responding appropriately, befittingly, and congruously to the grace that God has shown you throughout your whole entire history since the days of Exodus. This response is repentance, to turn away from the rebellious ways and head back to God. But John also said, don't take this repentance flippantly like your predecessors, like your forefathers. In other words, just saying sorry is not enough. If you know the Old Testament and you're familiar with the Jewish history, historically the Jews repented, but really didn't take it seriously. So when God forgave them, right after, like almost like forty years after, they sin again and again and again. So they repent, they say sorry to God, and then they sin again. They repent and say sorry to God, and God forgives them, and they re- and they. Sin again. So John told his listeners, be sure to live a life that bears fruit befitting and congruous to this repentance, i.e. taking forgiveness seriously and respect the weight of this forgiveness and not cheapen God's grace. Paul knew this, and hence he said that because God showed him this grace, his response is to work hard for the sake of the gospel, i.e. bearing fruit in worthy of the repentance. His response to God's grace made him worthy to be an apostle. So, worthy wasn't a quantifiable thing. It was a response that was befitting and congruous to the grace that was shown to him. Jesus said the same thing through a parable about the Jews' inappropriate and unfitting response god's grace towards jesus let's read matthew chapter 22 verse 4 to 8 again he sent other servants saying tell those who are invited see i have prepared my dinner my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready come to the wedding feast but they paid no attention these are the invitees and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. The invitees were not worthy because of the response to the king's wedding invitation. They treated his invitation like garbage, And also, they killed his messengers. Jesus is referring to the prophets who God sent and the Jews killed, and also referred to himself as the son who was getting married. The Jews didn't take God's invitation to repent and receive his grace seriously, and therefore was deemed not hatios, or deemed not worthy. Here's another passage to bring this point. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 37 to 38, whoever loves whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, hatsios. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, again, hatsios. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me, same word, hatsios. Again, Jesus is teaching his listeners by reinforcing what John the Baptist was saying about bearing fruit worthy of repentance. How do we know if our response to God's grace is befitting and congruous to the weight of God's grace, i.e. worthy or hatios? Jesus says it's when we take up our cross and follow him. To live like Jesus, love sacrificially like Jesus did. That's worthiness. The appropriate and befitting response to God's grace that is continually shown to us every day. We are to respond by loving our neighbors and loving God wholeheartedly with our all. Let's look at another passage. This is from a a famous parable of the prodigal son. Let us read. Luke chapter 15, verse 19. I am no longer worthy, has to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The passage is from Jesus' parable, like I said, of the prodigal son. The wayward son is telling his father that he saw himself as unworthy to be called the father's son. Why? Because of how he treated his father in the beginning, i.e. how he initially responded to his father's grace, provisions, and his birthright. How did the son do it? Well, if you're familiar with the story, first he treated his father as if he was dead by asking for his inheritance. Second, he squandered his birthright by venturing off and partying with foreigners. Third, he squandered his wealth that was given to him by his father. And lastly, he squandered his family name by taking care of pigs. So, for the son, because he knew what he'd done, how horrible he treated and responded to his father's grace, he didn't see himself worthy to ever be called his father's son again. However, we know the story. It was his realization and his renewed response in repentance to his father's grace that he was called worthy again in his father's eyes. He responded appropriately when his father gave him a second chance. And that's what John the Baptist and Jesus was telling the Jews all along that they squandered God's grace, cheapened it, and now they can respond appropriately with a second chance to be worthy in God's eyes. So let's summarize. Let's summarize everything. Now that we know what worthiness is, that it's about living a life that reflects an appropriate, befitting, and congruous response to God's grace. How did this gospel redeem Thor, who struggles throughout his whole life in finding his worth? Well, the gospel is all about grace, isn't it? First, the gospel provides Thor with something to respond to. He no longer has to measure up to some fleeting expectations, worldly expectations, or even expectations from his very questionable father, Odin. No, worthiness is not about quantity of anything or a measurement of anything. The gospel provides Thor with something to respond to, to live a life in response to the grace of the gospel. Paul tells his audience and us that because of this grace shown to us through Jesus' death and resurrection, that we may be called God's children. We are to respond by way of repentance of our sins and loving each other, our neighbor's and our God within our given contents, to bear fruit worthy of our repentance. So for Thor, instead of fighting, winning battles, preventing Ragnarok, or defeating Thanos to define his worth, because that's what was expected of him, he can now find worth by responding appropriately to the gospel by loving others and repenting of his sins. And for Thor specifically, repent of his pride and that goes for us too right are there times when we feel worthless because we are not meeting people's expectations or our parents expectations or our spouses expectations well know this our worthiness is not defined by how much we can do how hard we can work or how much we can achieve and how many of people's expectations we can fulfill our worth is about how we live a life in response to God's grace. How we live a life in response to Jesus' death for our sins and His resurrection that conquers death to provide us with access to God's presence. I want to close with a final passage right here in the bottom here. My apologies for moving the slide too early. In Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is a forgiven little loves little. Some of you may recall this passage. This was when a sinful woman came into Simon's house where Jesus was dining and started to wipe Jesus' feet with her tears and ointments. Simon was disgusted with this act because Jesus was allowing this sinner to contaminate Jesus' status as a perfect Jew. However, Jesus responds with this phrase I just read, why? Because he was teaching Simon and to everyone else, including us today, that worthiness in God's presence is about responding appropriately to the grace that God has shown us. Let's face it, this question that Jesus asked, this statement, is a rhetorical one, isn't it? We all sin much, it doesn't matter how we see ourselves, whether we see ourselves as Uh, It doesn't matter how we compare ourselves with others. All of us have sinned, and all of us have sinned much. Therefore, the befitting and congruous response to our repentance and towards the forgiveness that God has given us, the haxios response is to love Jesus and everyone much. That's worthiness. Amen. Now I'm going to leave with you some questions for reflection before we leave. Number 1. Have you ever felt you were unworthy or worthless? Share with your group or while or write in your journal recalling those moments and why you felt that way. Number 2. How can the gospel redeem you knowing that worthiness is responding to God's grace and not dependent on worldly measures? And lastly, revisit the story in Luke 7 where the woman wiped Jesus' feet with her tears. What can we do in response to God's grace in our lives? We may not necessarily have the opportunity to have our tears uh, and wipe people's feet with our tears, but I'm sure we have a lot to repent, a lot to confess our sins to God. And maybe picture yourself as you read this story. Find yourself in different positions. Find yourself in the position of the disciples witnessing this. Find yourself in the position of Simon, the Pharisee, who was witnessing this. Find yourself in the position of the woman. Reflect and respond to the scriptures that you've read in Luke 7. Well, that is it. Until next week, have a blessed week. My name is Jonathan again, and I am so glad that you can join us in this series and to continue to join us in this series. If this is your first time joining in this series, I would like to invite you to our website uh, to check out our audio podcasts or our video recordings. They're all available there so that you could uh, watch and enjoy the recordings of our previous sermons on this series. Have a blessed week.